Welcome to the Way Niagara Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, here with Chris Dalgleish mm-hmm. and Steve Lamar. We are continuing the conversation on the book entitled What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church by Sky Jatani. And we are moving to part three of the book, which is the family gathering. And I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. There's some really interesting points. The first one being if Jesus was serious, then worship should be more than a mountaintop experience. Mm. And when I was thinking about this on the drive here, I was actually thinking about my family because my grandfather, when I was about 18 years old, he moved to an area that had a big mountain, like the whole town was kind of around a mountain. And so even just going for a walk down the street was going to be uphill or downhill. And you think about that idea of like, you know, parents saying, oh yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I had to go to school uphill both ways. But there's something about reaching the top of a mountain Mm -hmm. that is really special and really tiring. Mm -hmm. And there were, there were days because they all, the family always wants to go up the mountain and I dreaded it because that was steep at some points. And I think in the same way, you know, sometimes life can be steep at some points. But there is a reward when you're at the top of the mountain. But at the same time, the mountaintop experiences are not the primary experiences that we have in our lives. Yeah. Uh, For me personally, one of the things that I've thought about going through this is how many churches are just striving for that amazing, supernatural, all-loving, peace-filled, blessing kind of experience that only happens once in a while. And that becomes the focus, is let's make that our Sunday thing. Let's try to create this experience. And we lose the focus of discipleship when that happens. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a good friend of our podcast here, Eric Ames, said this week as we were chatting about... Um, the expressions that make way a church, all these different things we do. We talked about the pinnacle expression. And I love that thought that there's this like this highest expression that we've tried to attain that as a church, uh, many churches try to create this, that mountaintop experience where like you get there and you get that presence of God and that's your thing, right? That's, that's our pinnacle experience. But that's not what the Bible teaches us about worship. That's like key experiences like the burning bush and the mountaintop and, and the waiting for a cloud and, and, you know, and then it shows up as a still, still small voice. Those moments are one-offs. They're not that, that experience of, of finding joy, celebrating the sunlight, penetrating down to earth and and going thank you jesus that it's not dark and damp anymore finding that worship in all places right and we were talking about uh, on our on our facebook even about how do we find authenticity how do we find creativity how do we find community in our worship expression because if that's our core values it has to exist within even worship right and that's one of the things that i love about god is that you know so many other faiths worship is something that we do to impress but the god that we serve actually allows worship to bless us 
as well. There is a part of that experience that is actually, yes, a good experience for us while its primary purpose is honoring God. And that's just a really important thing as well. Have you ever noticed how much of a focus is on how many people show up on a Sunday? How many were saved? How many the pastor told or the pastor heard was a good sermon or a good worship? Sky says these calculations betray the reason we do worship. We do not gather on Sunday because it will measurably improve our lives, families, or careers. And churches that engineer their services to increase institutional growth are at risk of allowing logistics to eclipse love. Wow. Hmm. Because we're talking about authenticity and community, and those things are rooted in love. Mm -hmm. But when we make our expression about numbers... It's not really about love, no. you know, and some may say, oh, well, you know, every number matters and all. And that is and that is true. And we're not saying that there is something intrinsically wrong with bigger things. No, a salvation's a salvation. Let's be right. real. Absolutely. But if we make it about the numbers and we engineer our the love out of it for the sake of the numbers, that's where we run into a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this brought a lot of salvations. We should do it again next week because it worked really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always thinking, like, what is practical about worship in the first place, right? You're like, you're drawn to this space, told that, uh, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do these things. It's almost like karaoke, you're gonna see the words, and you're gonna sing along. And that's what we do for worship. And then you leave that experience, that moment, maybe that emotional high, and then you go about your week and you're like, man, I just looking forward to worship. Man, I can't wait for Sunday or or whatever service throughout the week brings us that worship. But it, you don't have, a, it's like we haven't discipled a practical lifestyle of worship amongst our people, right? Like are people hungry for that stuff? Throughout the week, of course they are. Do you know what the number one grossing, you know, Apple Music chart is? Right? It's, 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 it's inspirational worship. Like, if you think about that North American, that's our highest consumed percentage of music throughout the week. Tells you that people are, are hungry for worship, right? They're hungry for the music, but they're also hungry for that, that feeling of, like, expressing your innermost feelings to the most high God. And having him encounter you and to hear you. To recognize you. Yeah, I actually really like another quote from Sky. Uh, he says, maybe worship is what happens when God's delight in us inspires our delight in him, sparking an endless loop of joy between creator and creature, between lover and beloved. And that's beautiful to me. Yeah, it's what we were talking about earlier, about how we are both honoring God and being blessed at the same time. And we're not doing it for the sake of our own blessing, but it's because of God's ultimate love for us that there is actually the possibility of that. And and talking about the stats, you know, that Chris was sharing about, you know, inspirational worship music being, you know, top of the charts, that makes complete sense because in a world where there is so much confusion and so much change and so much unknown, having something that is stabilizing talking about and hearing lyrics that bring clarity to not only the world that we live in, but the world that is to come, 
and the greatness of God over the world, that really makes a difference. And this is why we can't give up meeting together. There's a scripture in Hebrews that talks about that. Do not give up meeting together. Now, some will take that to mean don't stop coming on Sunday. But really, what does that really mean? Let's unpack that verse a little bit. Yeah, so actually, Sky hits in Hebrews 10, he brings it up, uh, that the reason we should gather regularly is to encourage one another. Mm -hmm. And my experience is, on a Sunday, you might get that from the pastor, from the pulpit. You might get that from one or two people running into each other in the hallway on your way out. But this is really talking about community. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to say this 100,000 times if you're in our circle, that people right now are so lonely and so uh, in some of the lowest places we've been spiritually mental health wise there's people there's such an apocalyptic thinking out there that circles around the church circles but also many of my non-churched friends uh, that just they can't fathom the state of our world right now as being healthy or a place for their children like there's just this absolute um, emptiness and what I can't help but feel is it's our responsibility as the church as God's family Mm -hmm. to encourage those people to encourage each other because it's so dark and because we feel this way now it's because we haven't been around each other because of the pandemic because of lockdowns because of social distancing we haven't been encouraged right and what I, th- I think is funny that I come and people are telling me I'm an encourager. I don't think I've ever heard that so much in my life. I think they just realize now how, how much people need to hear encouraging words. And so if worship includes encouraging one another, encouraging others, how is it that we call it worship because we're reflecting something unto God, right? That's what worship is, reflecting you know, our, our praise unto God. And he's saying, don't forsake it when you gather, because, you know, we need to encourage one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So what that tells me is that part of worship is the experience of expressing your godliness. You know, the characteristics that God pours into you, the, the empowering and emboldening of his Holy Spirit, and using that to serve others. And in that service, in pouring into other people, that is some deep worship. Absolutely. And I just can think back to a couple years ago where I was visiting a friend from out of town at his home and we went to an event together and kind of the topic of encouragement came up. And so as we're driving back to the house, he started talking about all of these great qualities that I had. And I have to be honest, I was intensely uncomfortable. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) and I think part of it is number one, it's not a, a part of our society that we don't encourage enough, first of all. But second, I think my own self-esteem was really low at that point, and I didn't have Mm -hmm. a good concept of maybe what my gifts were or what talents were. And he was calling out all of these things. They were all things I wanted to be said about me. Right. But they're things I didn't believe about myself. And then about five years later, I was having a conversation with someone else, and they started listing off those same hmm. qualities. And I, and I just had like this really spiritual, to be honest, this, this real moment where I just paused and I thought, so those words that were being spoke over me back then, mm-hmm. 
may not have even been in practice yet. There was, were things that were being called out that I didn't even see yet. Now, years later, are the things that are being noticed in a more broad way. Mm. And I just think that is the power of Christian encouragement. We're not talking about making stuff up. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about being disingenuous. Like, if I'm going to encourage you, it's I'm going to be realistic. Mm-hmm. But it's also looking at how does God see the person? Yeah. When we're having a conversation, okay, how does God see Steve? How does God see Chris? Mm-hmm. And how can I bring that up mm-hmm. in a powerful way? And I've had to learn that when someone compliments me or someone encourages me, my default setting has to become to receive it. Mm-hmm. Because that's not flattery. I think people are too are so scared of being flattered, at least I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I want authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But if you have those trustworthy people, mm-hmm. those people gifted with encouragement, and they're going to call out and say, no, this is actually something that I see in you. Mm-hmm. And as an extension, this is something that maybe God sees in you. Yeah. That is powerful. And yeah. the longer we're away from community, we are gonna we lose that. And that can really be deflating. Yeah. And this is why we need to gather. And part of it, too, is seeing things through other people's eyes yeah exactly because it's not just our perspective Mm -hmm. it's not just what we are thinking it's what the collective is thinking and there's there's many times where in the scripture it talks about how it seemed right to the holy spirit and to us it didn't just say it seemed right to the holy spirit but it also said and to us to Mm -hmm. the community that's powerful Mm -hmm. and that's really thought-provoking yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're talking about serving others being an expression of worship, but can you can you really serve them if you don't listen to them and hear their need and, you, and hear their, their experience, maybe even hear some of their genuine concerns? Like, uh, I remember working for a church uh, with a fantastic worship band, great noise, great loud, you know, you come in and you're, you're in the music, but frequently the lobby of the church was full of people. Right. And until I was able to go out there and actually spend time with them, ask, like talking to them and hearing like, well, it's too loud. It's it, because of my neurodivergences, like I can't handle the noise or, but I want to worship. I want to be in there. So the, the best thing I can do is come out here. I thought like, oh, how do, and we, we've talked about this extensively as the leadership of a way, like creating low anxiety space uh, for worship, right? Like how do we, how do we serve that need? And honestly, the way that that, that um, experience was created, right? Like that expression, that pinnacle expression that the church was living as their worship wasn't a, a pinnacle expression for those people. It was in fact almost hindering to their worship because of their their neurodivergencies or, or just even being in a tight, crowded space with other people. Um, whatever it was just made it uncomfortable for them, but they wanted to be in that connection with God. And I think to hear... Like, that they had a different need was weird to me, if that makes sense. Like, how, what do you mean you don't want to just be in with God, worshiping with all these people, experiencing what we're experiencing? You know, all the different colors and all different races are in there. Like, why can't you be in there? And it made me really recognize that it has nothing to do with with race or background or upbringing and everything to do with, with the shift in our society that goes towards mental health. 
and perhaps even a shift away from like the consumer driven church like we all consume church the same way it's not not the case we don't all consume church the same way like when i go to mcdonald's i order my my happy meal plain you know what i mean and jordan orders his with all the extra bacon and all you know everyone has a different like they want their burger different we all want a different experience and if if everyone had the same experience the planet would be pretty bland no Mm -hmm. absolutely and part of that too is that while we are trying to embrace and welcome all people, we are also not wanting to become consumeristic by coming up with so many expressions. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, there's the one for this and this and this and this and this and this. We want to be inclusive. Like this is about a community. This is not about a concert. This is not about trying to put on a show for a certain demographic as much as it is a place to gather the community together mm-hmm. for the worship of God and the encouragement of others. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I have a background in audiovisual. I've been doing audiovisual things since I was about 14 uh, and worked for the company that did the G8 and G20 summits in Toronto, the Olympics. I missed the BC Olympics by two months. Uh, so I've done a lot of big events. And one of the things that stuck out to me going through this section was remembering that I used to do these fundraisers. And these fundraisers felt too much like church for me. And this is part of what turned me off for certain types of churches, but turned me on to a community-driven church. uh, Because I found they were using the same system. You have an intro at the beginning. You're followed up by worship or a band. You're followed up by somebody saying some announcements. Maybe more band, maybe a keynote speaker. Money is in there somewhere, and you pop back to another message quickly before you go. And then you get a real quick, thanks for the money, thanks for the change you're making in the world, have a great night. Hmm. And that is something that really changed my mind on church. When this hit my... uh, I don't even know how to put it. When it really hit for me that this has been my church experience in multiple different places, I found that I was aching for community. Hmm. It was the church experiences where I got to shake hands and I got to really talk to people. I got to live life side by side with people. That was the church mm-hmm. that I knew and loved. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of connects to the next thought, like that... There's certainly a deficiency of mature teachers today, you know, like I feel uh, and I believe that anyone can preach and that that's true. Like if, if God's redeemed you, if God's given you a testimony, preach that, right? Share that, let others hear and be excited about what you're reading in the word, what you're digging, what you're what the Lord's uh, speaking to you as you study, as you grow. But I think that we really lack like mature teachers. And I think that's where like a model where you have your home church, where there's a mature teacher who's just pouring through the word, wanting to bring conversation around things, especially hard thoughts. We're in a, we're in a place where a lot of things that the Bible teaches is a hard thought, especially when it comes to like changing your life, right? Why do I want to change my life? It's pretty good. But there's more to changing your life than just like, oh, I'm going to stop doing these things. It comes with all that servanthood. It comes with so much more, right? It comes with such a sacrifice, I think, that unless you have someone that's experienced that sacrifice, it's going to be very hard to grow. Uh, Because you can only typically grow as deep as your spiritual leaders. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that this is the beauty of a church where you have teachers equipped in these groups, but also the voice of everyone in that room gets to be heard, right? When we're sitting in a, in a home, home group or home church meeting, everyone has a place at the table. And this goes back to our last study, but everyone is sitting at the table. Everyone is there. It's an equal space, but there is a teacher who's maturely guiding everyone and, co- and coaching the conversation, but everyone's voice is heard, right? It reminds me of a church that I used to be a part of where it was fairly traditional in its format, but there was one element that was put in that was very different than the rest. Mm. And that was, they, and they called it celebrating God's goodness. Mm. And so they would, we would have an, a person walk around with a mic to anyone that wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as someone that plans church services, that scared me. <laughs> yes. Because you never know what was about to come out. Absolutely. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes we had to maybe put some of that on the, mm-hmm. you know, especially around elections and things. Like we had to, you know, we have to be careful. <laughs> but that taught me something. Mm-hmm. Because there is there is something. There is a testimony in someone's life in the room, God has done something. God has demonstrated his faithfulness. And part of the, the, the word preaching that Chris was talking about is just sharing that. Mm-hmm. We're not, it's not talking about doctrine. No. It's not talking about, you know, how to extrapolate, extrapolate the, text. the text. That's where the teachers mm-hmm. are going to be gifted and called. Mm-hmm. But to share the story of God's goodness... Mm-hmm. in your life is something that we should all be doing in some way that's right yeah sky at the end of this section actually breaks it down i love the way that he puts it announcing how we have seen and experienced his love power and mercy is not the domain of the elite or the educated it is the calling of every one of christ's people anyone can preach mm-hmm. wow yeah. and with this thought I'd like to go around the table and, and ask each of you to share what is something that God has done in your life lately that's what's worth celebrating, worth preaching. Mm. Well, let's start with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a weird one in a way, but um, I've been waiting for disability for a long time. It's been something that's been back and forth and tossed all over the place. And we've been praying and praying and praying like, God, please put this through And the first time we put it through, I actually was denied. Uh, So you have to go through an appeal process and go back to your doctors and get a whole bunch of notes put together and send it all back and wait another four months. So from the time I applied to the time I got my final answer was almost a year. Uh, But the amazing thing is I got approved, which is great. That's amazing. I have monthly income because I can't work like most people and that's unfortunate, but I might get there one day again. But in the meantime, we knew we'd get some back pay. Mm -hmm. And we were anticipating from the documents that it would be from when I applied until when I actually started getting payments. That would have been May of last year, which would have been uh, 2022. And the notice actually let us know that because my disability started in 2021, we'd be paid all the way back till then. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And we can celebrate that together. That's right. We don't have to hide those good things yep. that mm-hmm. God is doing. And so 
And there was also some pain involved. And so we were praying with you while we were waiting for that. That's and I right. think that's a great demonstration of what community does. That's right. Chris. Yeah, I think, I mean, my, my experience is very different because planning this church has been a wild, wild journey, journey through the uh, wild, wild west of, uh, you know, uncharted territory over here. But I think what I find most interesting and intriguing is that, you know, I have an idea of how I think something should look. And then I, I see God change my thinking yeah. more frequently now than ever in my life. As in like, you know, that was a cool idea, but I think let's do this. And then when he really releases a, a vision uh, of what he wants me to do, and I share it with, with all y'all at, at Way, everyone gets excited. Rather than when I'm like giving something that I think is a good idea versus the vision, right? When when it's when it's a good idea, everyone's like, "Well, hey, yeah, I, okay." But when it's the vision, everyone's like, "Dude, let's go!" Right? Like, there's a fire that comes with the vision because it's not mine. I'm sharing with you what God's doing, and I think as we adapt and as we grow, um, you know, a lot of what we had planned for way was ideas based around a church birthing in the pandemic. And now we're in a in the post-pandemic world. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't look the same. And there's a different hunger for church than I could have predicted in 2019 when we were getting ready to plant this church. There's a different hunger for the experience of worship. There's a different hunger. And so for me, it's like, you know, I'll open up my Bible and something will pop. You know what I mean? Like Second, second uh, Chronicles or something. All of a sudden, this, this word jumps out at me and, I'm, and it's tearing me to shreds for a week. And as I let that percolate, that's when I find that the vision starts to come because it's not me that's projecting myself into the scripture. It's that the Holy spirit is going, Hey, let's get, let's get serious about something we weren't serious about before. And I think that that's where this study is so important as we're talking about what if Jesus was serious about the church? It's not, it's not really a, a like, what if he was, it's legit tongue in cheek. Like he's super serious about church guys. Here's yeah, all the scriptures. Right. Here's all yeah. the conversations. And, and as I start to get into scriptures more and more, I'm, I'm recognizing how serious he is about not just the church, but about, you know, personal health, spiritual health. He's, he's super serious about how we treat the community, right? The people around us who aren't part of our church and how we treat them with respect and with integrity and with honor because they're created beings versus treating them like they're just the enemy or the the opposite of what we need in our in our circles we want the, the, the clean and the christian people so that we they speak the same christianese as us that's not the case that's not what jesus wanted right and so as i start to recognize that that the church has to have more expressions because we're changing and we're becoming something i recognize that more and more and more i have to just wait on him preach yeah right just wait because if i'm not waiting and i'm rushing that's when things get chris they become a chris thing they become a, a chris stephen jordan co collective uh, mental powers come together and unite to create a regular old pastor guy but when you let the holy spirit come in and give vision to the three of us come on now that's when things get exciting absolutely Absolutely. And I think for me, it's just been really interesting that over the last couple of months, and I was sharing with the guys before we recorded, there have just been some weird health mm -hmm. things All going around. on. And 
but I've started, I started doing certain things. I just felt inspired and I didn't actually see the two being connected. But then I got a call from my doctor giving me a list of things to do. And it was all the stuff I had already started doing a month earlier. Mm. There you go. Including, including a certain referral and appointment that I had already made. Wow. And so it it was just interesting to see how God was already setting the course for the next thing, for the next phase before even knowing mm-hmm. necessarily why. Just getting some affirmation. Yeah. And, and God and, yeah. wants you to succeed, which is kind of like a thing that we often forget, right? Yeah. Like, he's not setting us up to fail. <laughs> he's, no. he's not telling you to do something because he just he, he wants to get you out of bed so that you get up and do it. He's doing it for your good. And, and if you're able to be obedient to that good, to that, to that urging in the Spirit... You know, the rewards that you reap are so much greater than if you had a delayed, right? Like, there's this beautiful thing in God's timing that we start to see as we start to trust Him more. Where all of a sudden, you know, trusting Him at the time to renew your mortgage, you lock in, and the next thing you know, the mortgage rates have tripled, right? But but because he's He was benevolent and capable of speaking to you in a moment of like, hey, this, look, I care about your finances. <laughs> I care about yeah. I care about those minutiae. He does. He cares about everything that we might even take for granted. And he even has an opinion. And half the time we're, we're too caught up in our own circumstances to, to not hear his voice or to not be patient. And I think that's, I mean, that's what's killing me is as someone with ADHD, patience is a very short supply at times. But I find, you know, when I am patient, the reward outweighs the risk. Absolutely. And, and I just want to close on this point because this has been a really, really good conversation. But I want to invite everyone here to participate in this. And so if you have a story that you want to share of God's faithfulness in your life, comment on Facebook or send an email to podcast at wayniagara.ca. We would love to hear the stories of how God is working in your life. Yeah. Maybe it's something really simple. Maybe it's just a sentence. That's okay. We want to hear how God is working in this community. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, it may not have felt divine, yep. but God is the giver of a very good and perfect gift. That's right. And so if something good happened then we can attribute that to the faithfulness and to the love of God. And so I would encourage you to do that, to to participate with our community in that way. And so with that, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.